If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. I'm your host, Steve Crothy. I'm, I'm Halls Burkhart. Buddy, two wounded warriors struggling across the start at the, the starting gun, man. That's right, man. The walking wounded. We're coming into this fucking episode. Beat the fuck up on a Sunday. The Sunday before this episode comes out because the well is dry. There are no backup episodes. I pulled some Patreon content from two years ago. <laughs> that was a fun episode, though. Real good episode. Real good episode. Yeah. So, today we're going to be talking about uh, Shredder's Revenge, the new Ninja Hell Turtles yeah. game that uh, we finished. Um, now, you know, we were talking about it the last time we recorded together, together, that we were banking episodes so I could get used to my new job. Still not used to it. Um, but... That, Steve and I have things in process as far as upcoming video games. Games are being played, maybe more than once, by yours truly. So <laughs> and and yours truly. <laughs> yeah. So so they, yeah, we've got some stuff cooking yeah, for sure. We got stuff cooking, um, and we just happened to 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 beat this game with our crew last night. So we're like, let's do an episode about it, and it's really good, um, man. There's a couple of things I wanted to bring up to you that I specifically like when we're bullshitting on Xbox party chat or on Discord that I haven't brought up because I wanted it to be fresh, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, <laughs> the first being, did you hear about that fuck up tr- tweet from EA? Did you hear about EA getting ratioed on Twitter? Oh, is this the stupid ass tweet where they're like, they're a 10 but they only play single player games that's it is that the one you're talking about that's it yeah what a what a phenomenally stupid thing to tweet you know like so i saw that meme formats like like you know i steve knows this but i'm a man who likes to uh observe the the rise and fall of a meme format and i try to get in on the ground level right um yeah if a meme speaks to you you're all over it i'm all over it this one didn't really do it for me. Um, the only one I could think of was he's a four, but he thinks the ending of Lost was really good or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> or he nice. likes he liked the ending to Mass Effect three to keep it in the realm. So that yeah, that's the format of the meme. The meme is he or she is a ten, 
but they have this really confu this really like um this weird detail that would lower their standing as like on the scale of one to ten. So like he's a ten, but he's got a corn tramp stamp tattoo. You know what I mean? I don't have that, by the way. I don't have any I was kind like, of man, you just put yourself on blast. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh, can you imagine? Can you like you guys roasted me so hard for like a new metal as it is, but if it then it came out that I had a lower back tattoo of the corn logo. Bro, y'all would have had me go into like a plastic surgeon and be like, give me the laser. Give me the laser. <laughs> Get that shit scrubbed off your back. <laughs> yeah. With like a Brillo pad and some lemon juice. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so that's the format of the meme. And EA's, mo you know, their Twitter account tweeted, they're a 10, but they only play single player games. Whoa. Whoa. It was, it was like one of those memes where it's like, and it was at this moment he knew. He fucked up. When keeping it real goes wrong. Because immediately, absolutely immediately, everybody pounced on that that tweet. And, buddy, there were some fire replies to that tweet, man. <laughs> Tore their ass up. And, you know, especially when you consider, like, the shit that EA has gotten over the last, I don't know, half a decade, decade for buying studios that people really like and then shutting them down or forcing multiplayer into games that probably shouldn't have had them like crammed full of microtransactions. Yeah. And like, look, I get it. That wasn't like, um, Jim EA or whoever the fuck uh, runs that company sitting down at his, you know, his Apple two and tweeting out a fucking tweet. It's, it's their social media person. And, like, sometimes it goes real well. Like, one day Wendy's is like, you know, F's in chat if you eat ass. And then the next day, fucking EA is getting <laughs> pounced on. It can go wrong real quick when you're trying to be like the witty, funny Twitter account for a corporate account, right? right? The Wendy's is pretty notorious for being one of the good ones. Yeah, so is Steakums. Uh, you ever looked at the Steakums Twitter? <laughs> no, but I used to eat Steakums all the time. That's it was, funny. Buddy, you just fucking get, nailed my follow-up question because I have never had a Steakum enter my body. I don't even know what the fuck a Steakum is, bro. It's a weird thing. It's very weird. It's like a sheet of of quote-unquote steak, but it's not really steak. It's uh -huh. like meat product or something like that and oh. you just kind of saute them in a pan so it's like roast <laughs> it's a beef. very weird weird product kind of mm. kind of but it comes frozen mm. what what is the application of a steakum then we would just eat it on the plate as kind of a protein nice on a night where like my mom you know one of those nights where she didn't have time to really cook a real meal because mm -hmm. both her and my father were full-time workers you know but like, uh, also, you could eat them in the morning with eggs. Uh, I had steak you know? and egg. I had legit steak and, steak and eggs. I didn't have steak and eggs for breakfast yeah. this morning, but I had steak and eggs for breakfast this morning. Our buddy Nick, uh, I remember him staying at my house a long time ago, and my mom <laughs> the next morning was like, Nick, you want some steak and eggs? And and he kind of like memed on that for forever, oh, like <laughs> for the next couple dirty. of weeks he kept Shouldn't be mean. not really on my mom just or just like the steak and an eggs combo. Oh, I gotcha, <laughs> buddy. Okay, so speaking of our buddy Nick, who regular listeners will know from our two Elden Ring episodes, he was MIA for a while. We went like 
I don't know, a month, almost two months without getting out to hang, getting to hang out with Nick because he was real busy and stuff. And then lo and behold, he shows up and starts hanging out, you know, like maybe once or twice um, a weekend now again. And it was like he never left. And he like one of my favorite Nick meme moments has been the James Spader bit. So (laughs) the James Spader bit goes as such. The first week Nick is back, we're all excited like me Will and Steve are playing Halo, and as soon as Nick shows up, we stop playing Halo. We don't play anything. We just hang out and bullshit on the Xbox headset. That's how excited we're to see this dude. And, you know, we're talking about, oh, have you seen Stranger Things or Obi-Wan and just going, and Nick goes, you know what I've been really into? The Blacklist. And I go, (laughs) who's in The Blacklist? And he goes, James Spader. What else has he been in? And, and, And I say fast times at ridgemont high steve says two days in the valley and then will says oh and he was also ultron he was the voice of ultron in avengers age of ultron and then inevitably one of the three of us steve will or myself says oh and he was also in the last season of the office or not the last season but he he showed up in the office after steve carell left mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we have this conversation about james Spader and Nick tells us about the blacklist. Cut to a week later. Seven days, right? Nick jumps in the chat. We're bullshitting. We're um, just talking. And he goes, you know what I'm really into? The blacklist. (laughs) And I go, who's in the blacklist? And he goes, James Spader. What else has he been? And and Will, Steve, and I did not communicate with each other to say like, oh, Let's do the exact same bit with this dude and see if he catches on. So I say, <laughs> fast times at Ridgemont High. Steve says, two days in the valley. Will says, he was also the voice of Ultron in Avengers Age of Ultron. And then I add the spice on the end of, he was also in uh, a season of The Office after Steve Carell left. And the conversation ends. Nick never picks up on it. Never once acknowledges that he doesn't even get that matrix black cat deja vu of like, this seems familiar. <laughs> Will, Steve and I, none of us break. None of us giggle or laugh. We play it straight. Don't mention it for days until the next time we're all hanging out. And I'm like, hey, by the way, I meant to bring up the fact that we all repeated that James Spader meme with Nick to the T and he didn't notice and we didn't acknowledge it. And we're laughing, right? Then who jumps in the party? Nick. <laughs> and we're talking about stranger things and stuff. Once again, he goes, you know what I've been into? The blacklist. And I go, who's in the blacklist? And he goes, James Spader. What else has he been? And I go, fast times at Ridgemont High. And Steve starts to get the words two days in the valley out of his mouth. And Nick goes, oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> buddy i was i was maybe a little stony baloney sitting in front of the the refrigerator eating wheat thins and hummus and i almost killed myself it was like i inhaled broken glass i started laughing so hard when he goes oh i see what what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah the 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 realization of it man man 
it took him forever to catch on. And it, but that's the thing I love about Nick. Like, even though he knows he's, we've been memeing on him now for like a week or two, and he realizes that, like, he it doesn't bother him. You know, like he's the kind of guy who is able to like laugh about it because the next mm-hmm. time he logs on, he goes, "So just been watching some Blacklist with James Spader." <laughs> you yeah. Know? So he got on the next day, and like I was wrapping up for the evening because you know today's my earlier day at work, and I was like, guys, I hate to do it, I gotta go. We're bullshitting. And then I'm just talking and all of a sudden I hear, so I've been watching some blacklist with James Spader that delayed me getting off the headset for almost a full another hour. I had to stop and hang and talk some shit with our buddy, Nick, man. Yeah. He, he got up late. It was like one o'clock and my time. And it was like midnight. Off time. Long off too. Then Hold he on. like, number. And it's okay, cool. All right. Had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties with Steve there, but we're back. Um, so speaking on memeing something, memeing on something, you remember, of course you do, Tommy Tallarico and the Amico, right? Of course. Man, baby, there's a new game in town on a fucking console project to meme on. Because it looks like the whole Amico thing is going to turn out to be a scam. Um, yeah, that's how it's looking. So... This previous week, there was a new console announced called the Polonium One. Polonium? Polonium. I don't even know how the fuck you say it, buddy. It's a console for NFT games. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah. You're making this up. Nope. Nope. It is a console for NFT games. You know what I would like to do? I would like to announce a... um a crypto slash NFT related project in the midst of a massive fucking crash in that industry. That sounds like a good idea. (laughs) Nick's going to show up and be bragging about his James Spader blacklist NFT that he bought the other day. (laughs) Hey, have you guys ever heard of an NFT? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Nick. Well, look at this one. I got a James Spader from the blacklist. $20,000 $20,000 is a steal. I own this. It's mine. And then I start posting it on all my social medias. <laughs> Check out this James Spader. Just a screenshot of it. So, yeah. Yeah, we are. We're heading into the, the territory of a company saying they're going to make a, a console for NFT games. We'll see. We'll see. I would suggest... Uh, keep your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't spend it on that. Not going to be high on my priority list. You see, you did you notice old Josh from um, Sacred Icon got like two consoles within the same week? He got a PS5 and a Switch, right? How long do you think it is before he's on the fucking Sacred Icon um, Twitter talking, talking about, hey guys, add me on Polonium One. I'm Jurassic Joshy. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think you'd really do that i just it popped in my head because i was like damn my dude really upgrading his entertainment options that's awesome i know i'm stoked anytime i see somebody get a playstation 5 i I get excited just because i uh i remember how excited i was when i got mine Mm -hmm. those controllers are so nice and and man it's a good console the cool thing about getting a switch this late in the game is like built-in library 
Like mm-hmm. unlimited, like so many cool experiences you can go and have. I got to listen to their um, Final Fantasy episode. Uh, my my podcast listening time has taken a hit because of the new job, right? Um, mm-hmm. But you told me they did a Final Fantasy VII episode and said I would be very grumpy about something Josh said in there. So I got to check it out. <laughs> it bet bet not be about Tifa. Tell you what. Bet not. Hey, 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 hey. I'm, I'm like uh, loosening my collar because it's getting <laughs> hot over here. Yeesh, hey. yeesh. <laughs> is it hot in here or is it me? Woo-hoo. All right. Uh, let's talk yeah, about I had to defend our ladies. I had to defend our ladies on her on Twitter. Sorry, go ahead. That's what I like, man. That's what I like. Like, I'd like to imagine if, um, if we lived in a medieval kingdom and our fair Tifa was a fair maiden of the land, you would be like Sir Lancelot Longstaff protecting her. You know, you and me, her knight errant. Yeah. And I would be like yep. um, your page or the stable boy. They'd be like, dang, she's hot, sir. And you'd be like, Mm-mm, we don't talk about our lady that way. With That's like a right. wink and a nod. <laughs> like, psh. Okay, let's talk about Shredder's Revenge. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Let's anymore. do it, man. I, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, man. I mean, so how far does this particular franchise go back with you? Not just the video games, but the the whole Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a whole. I was there on the ground floor. I remember vividly going into a Kmart and seeing it for the first time. And it wasn't even the toys. They were these like... I, I want to say like six to eight inch tall plushes of the four, tur- four turtles. And like they had like their weapons and stuff. And I was like, oh, these are cool. Uh, and you know how like on their belts they have their um, their first initial or whatever. So like Leonardo has an L and so on and so forth. And there was one f- with an R. And I was like, well, that's my dude because my first name's Richard. They don't have one with an H. So that was the genesis of me being a Raphael guy. Nice. From that very moment. And then, you know, I remember the craze of the toys. And I remember going to a KB Toys when they were supposed to have some in. And all they had on the shelves were splinters and foot soldiers. Not a single turtle, not a shredder, no bebop, no rock steady, just splinters and foot soldiers so i've been into it for a little while nice me too i i was a fan of the cartoon when it started airing on saturday mornings and uh got into the toys and even as i started to get a little older and i was aging out of actually like the movies i love the first movie the second one with vanilla ice i was kind of like uh i think they're losing me here but um i at that point i discovered the tabletop or the Pen mm-hmm. and paper RPG that right. was done through Palladium, I think done by Kevin Zimbita. And I, it really kind of introduced me to what the Turtles were originally, you know, like the darker comic style. Right. Um, the less kids Saturday morning cartoon. And that kept my interest in them for a while longer. And then the arcade game came out, I want to say 89. And I feel like the rest is video game history. Yeah. Well, so like. I it was a, <clears throat> quite a while before I sort of discovered their true origin as like the black and white sort of right much mm-hmm. more gritty adult comics that then was you know turned into the monolith franchise that it became for a few years there and in like 
to be completely honest, it's like a franchise that's kind of just kept going since. There's always been some sort of cartoon or something popping up. Some are more popular than others and whatnot. Um, but, you know, the very first game I ever rented for my Nintendo was the Ninja Turtles. It was the, the original Ninja Turtles game that's hard as fuck. Hard as fuck. Um, I remember the first time I saw the arcade game must have been like my first grade birthday party at Diamond Gems, and that thing got all my tokens. All my tokens. <laughs> and then playing that busted-ass version on the NES, like the the that was supposed to be like the arcade port that's, you know, kind of lacking in comparison. But I enjoyed it more than the first game. Um, so yeah, right. Oh yeah. Um, I would yeah, say I had a, I had a, I had a pool hall down the street from my house, which was walking distance. And on weekends, it had they had that four player arcade game, and mm-hmm. we used to walk down there, me and three of my friends, and we'd just have one of us would have like five bucks, uh, and we just get all quarters. And whenever one of us died, just here have a quarter, keep going, you know. We mm-hmm. we beat it uh, as a regular occurrence on weekends, and I remember that being just so awesome. <laughs> it's so, a great time. You know, I I would say that in a lot of ways, that original arcade game was kind of the birth of my love of Mm beat-em-ups. You know, I definitely probably had played like Double Dragons and Double Dragon and stuff like that before, but I don't know that it really kicked in for me till the Turtles game. And then, you know, like for that golden era preceding the Turtles game, you were getting like, you know the six-player X-Men game and Turtles in Time came out eventually and then it got like a really good port on the SNES and there was the Hyperstone Heist or whatever it's called that was the Genesis exclusive one. And all of them are really decent beat-em-ups, right? So that's definitely, you know, sort of one of the, the origins of it. And then, what was it, last year they announced this game, Shredder's Revenge, that is basically like a sequel to all those games if not a spiritual successor right mm-hmm. done in pixel art style done by tribute games who uh did the scott pilgrim versus the world game which is also a really solid beat em up and um i was stoked man boy did this seem like it would be cool like the last time i remember getting this excited for something turtles is back in the day when the remake of turtles in time was a summer of arcade release. We talked about that a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago. Sure did. Yeah. So I was real stoked for this. And then like they started showing off like, well, it's not just the four turtles. So like in this game in total, there are seven playable characters, right? Mm-hmm. You got your four turtles, splinter, April, and then once you beat the game, you unlock Casey Jones. Pretty solid lineup. The first time that, you know, they've let you play somebody besides the Turtles in one of these games, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and they all have, even though, like, um, you know, it would have been easy for them to just simply do palette swaps of all the Turtles and stuff. They all, they have unique, some unique animations and mm-hmm. um, some unique abilities, too, outside of their weapons. Um, you know, like uh, Michelangelo can kind of do a, a Chun Li style head stomp where he can kind of just keep bouncing off of people, mm-hmm. and uh, 
uh, Raphael has can do a German suplex, which is awesome. I didn't realize that. Yep. Even more reason to like that guy. Um, it's just really fun, man. We all kind of real naturally settled into who we wanted to be, and you know, once you picked Raphael, I, it's an easy. I have an easy second choice, and it's Donatello. So. Yeah easy easy there and nick was leonardo and will was michelangelo yeah and then had jeff the had, a, had a cameo mm-hmm. yep jeff had a cameo at the end uh with casey jones he helped us beat the game on yeah. the second sitting but it, man it was a really good time i look it took us three sessions the first session we only played maybe one or two levels the second session we played for quite a, a while and then last night we wrapped it up real quick because we only had like two levels to beat or something. Um, right. Was that last? No, it was the night before. Man, I'm having a hard time keeping track of time. I tell you what. Um, and it is a really good time. Like I haven't played it solo, so I can't speak to the solo experience. But as like a co-op uh, game, it is a wonderful fucking time. A wonderful time. Yeah. And for me, to be honest, like there's, I don't even feel like playing a game like that solo. Nah. Like for me, if I'm going to play something like that, I have to be playing it with my friends. There's just no point otherwise. Yeah. But and- uh, from, from what I understand, like they, they scale the difficulty a little bit based on how many people are in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe the enemies get a little more aggressive and maybe a little more hit points, but uh, we didn't notice any too big difficulty spikes. I don't think there was a couple times where it got a little hectic. Nick yeah. lose, lost his character on the screen all the time. It was funny <laughs> at first. <laughs> yeah, and the the first couple of times we'd be playing, and then like you know we're just like you all you hear over the headset is people mashing buttons, bro. The clicking of. <laughs> plastic and like laughing and cutting up and then when things would get quiet will and nick would go i don't even know where i am anymore <laughs> um yep and there's a there's a quick fix for that you just hit your left trigger and it pops your little mm-hmm. thing over your head on the screen so you can see where you are um, but uh they you know they they also did a good job of not just aping the old arcade game no because like you know those those games are meant to be kind of quarter sinks and mm-hmm. you know there's not a lot of defensive stuff you could do in them and it whereas in this one it's kind of like they want to give you the abilities to to beat the game it's not about dying and it's spending more lives it's about getting through the game and it, and they have a little strategy in there we got pretty good at like chaining our taunts mm-hmm. and keeping our, our special levels built up so yep. we would always have like the super moves and in, in stock and and we used that to really good effect i thought we we got pretty strategic with it at the end and it was really fun yeah like it's definitely it feels perfect like you know what i mean it feels like you were playing a brand like you were a kid and this is the you know fourth or third or fourth ninja turtles arcade game in the series right like it feels perfect in that way it looks great it's fluid beautiful like I'm so glad they went with the pixel art style and stuff, but Me it's, too. it, it's also a step forward in some ways. Like you were mentioning, you have a, a special bar, like a special meter. And when you start off, you can earn one of those bars and then you hit Y and you'll do your special move. <laughs> this is on the Xbox, of course, cause it was on game pass, baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> they won. 
<clears throat> then as you level, because you do actually level up, and as you level up, you learn different moves and stuff you can do. So it adds that little bit of strategy and not to the not to the extent of like, you know, a hardcore fighting game, but it does bring sort of a fighting game feel to it where there's different button combinations and moves to do to pull off special moves. Then eventually you'll unlock a second bar. And then you can eat, you know, then that's when it does like the super that you can do when you jump up in the air and then slam down with the super. Yes, that's motor. a great move. Yeah, that was a those are kick ass moves we use all all through the the game, the, the little air one. But I was gonna say the um the mode we played was the campaign mode, yes, which the story mode plays out plays out like that. There's a there's an arcade mode where you basically have all those abilities from the very beginning. Mm. And it, but there's not like any continues or anything like that. I think it's, it's, you're, you're just trying to beat the game. It's a little more of like a challenge, like, you know, one sitting kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas like the, the campaign version that we played has kind of the more open world levels, uh, or the overworld you can see right. the levels on and all the collectibles and stuff. There's mm -hmm. like all these collectibles you can get, which aren't in the, uh, the other version. So, <clears throat> It'd be fun to kind of do that arcade version sometime to see how far we could get. We should do that. The, mm -hmm. So as a, a sidebar, one of my favorite things about us playing this together, it has lit a fire under our group that I've been waiting to to see lit for a long time now. Where now we're discussing like, we should play Streets of Rage 4. Yeah, we should. We should play Scott Pilgrim. Like just talking about all mm -hmm. these newer beat ups that we could beat em ups that we could play together. And then, of course, I can't remember the release date, but somewhere down the road, there's that whole Turtles collection that's coming out that's going to have the arcade game and Turtles in Time and Hyperstone Heist and the Game Boy games and stuff like that that we could play together as well, which I'm going that's to be really pushing cool. for. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, <clears throat> do you remember in the old games how you could grab the... the... Yep bad guys and kind of fling them into the screen so it looked like they were flying at you sitting on the couch mm -hmm. they brought that back you can do all that stuff um the levels kind of a mixed bag for me i guess that may, might be the one thing where i was kind of like eh, you yeah. know some of them were cool cool some of them were kind of like whatever but uh, that reminds me in in one of the levels <laughs> i noticed early on there's like a pawn shop mm -hmm. and it's got a sign above it that says pawn shop but like the foot have like graffitied it out and to where it says foot shop, but it kind of looks like it says poon shop. <laughs> <laughs> I have to pay attention to that. One of my favorite things, and it, it always became a bit of a meme when we come across them in the game is the random foot soldiers that are just seemingly clocked into their normal day job. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, they might be cooking on a, a like a fast food flat top, serving up fries and hamburgers, or you know, working at a carnival uh, game like behind the booth or something. And every time we'd come across them, we'd be like, "What are these guys doing? Did they just showed up to work in their foot outfit?" Um, another thing that you can do in this that you obviously couldn't do in the arcade machine because why would they put that this mechanic in it? you would not have to spend as many quarters if they did as you can revive your buddies when they go down. Oh yeah, that's and, right. Uh, you can, you can whip out a piece of pizza and you dangle it in front of their face for like four seconds and they get back up. Yeah. That's <laughs> what it n normally looks like. But depending on the positioning of the characters, 
sometimes it can look <laughs> like maybe there is some um sexual some some acts of a sexual nature going on so i really pushed like i sometimes i'll try to make like a inside meme happen way too hard and i think this was one of those cases <laughs> where i tried to push for any time you revive somebody or you are revived somebody by somebody you say either oh i need someone to show me what that mouth do or hold on <laughs> let me show you what that mouth do and the first night i was pushing for that steve kept going why does he keep saying that why does he keep saying show me what that mouth do <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic yeah you just kept doing it i thought at for the first the first time you did it i was like okay that was cute maybe it was just a one-off but then you repeated it pretty quickly afterwards yep. and like oh, okay this is this is a thing yeah he's really trying to make this happen i'm like, I'm like that lady in, in mean girls that keeps trying to make fetch happen uh, right <laughs> and then uh, like five minutes later i heard nick go quick show me what that mouth do and, and i'm just like god damn it <laughs> I said, got him. I said, got him. Because once Nick embraces the meme, the meme is embraced. You know what I mean? Always this. It's it, it's it's not just Nick, but that is true. But it's whoever's the second person. Yep. There's a great video out there of like some kid dancing at a, a festival. I can't remember who it was. Who is it's like Santa Gold or something? And he's just dancing by himself, just for like a full two and a half to three minutes, just getting after it. You know. Nice. And then finally, like another guy comes over there and starts dancing with him, just getting after it. And then the next thing you know, just all these people are running in and it becomes this huge dance thing that this dude just basically started on his own. Uh huh. <laughs> That's kind of what it was like. Yep. That's kind of what it's like when, when a meme catches fire in our group. Sometimes it takes a little <laughs> time. <clears throat> Sometimes it's an expertly crafted meme that we just psychically connect on for some reason. Just to meme on Nick a little bit. Um, so, um, we sort of talked about it, but each individual character in this has stats and stuff. Because like I said, you do level up. So like the t different turtles and the different playable characters have, you know, different ranges and powers and different stats like that. Um, so it does vary up the play style of each turtle a little bit. You know, I feel like regardless of, the, of all that, you play through it once, you're going to know how to play through it the next time with a different turtle, you know? Um, but but they do an admirable job of you know adding a little extra spice to the formula of a Ninja Turtles beat 'em up. I, I think so too. With all the kind of little different moves you can do, there's like um, you hit two buttons X and A. I mm -hmm. think at the same time you'll do like kind of a dragon punch type move. Yeah. And there's like a couple different air attacks you can do. Mm -hmm. A bunch of different kind of throws with animations. So oh. there there's definitely enough stuff in there to keep you busy throughout a level if you can pick it out and then that's not even counting when to use your super moves because when i'll tell you what when you get a big clump of foot guys all mm -hmm. there and you you hit them all with the super move that feels pretty good it does feel pretty rad and and, and like you just see because it does like a combo counter a hit counter so you, you just see that number continuously getting pumped up oh eh, there's something skyrocketing yeah, yeah something feels real nice about that really really nice um mm -hmm. so i'm with you 
I think overall the level designs were serviceable, right? There was never a level design where I was like, this is bad or this is broken, but not a whole lot of them stand out to me necessarily, you know? Right. Like right. that's kind of how I feel. Uh, I remember the zoo one, the zoo one. I remember being kind of cool. That was like maybe the third or fourth level. Um, right. And the then, news station, which was the first one, mm -hmm. you know, was, was pretty good, but yeah, it's, it's just by and large, just kind of passable stuff. Yeah. Streets of New York, sewers of New York type deal. Um, of course they have your, um, required hoverboard levels and right. stuff like that. Battletoads inspired levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, one thing that I liked is, of course, there's boss fights on every level, and when it would start, it would show the silhouette of mm -hmm. the boss for that level. And Hawes was able to basically call, I would say, 15 out of the 16 yeah. that there were. I, I think got, you called them all. I got one wrong, and the guy that I guessed on the one I got wrong was the boss on the next level. Mm -hmm. I'm, I know those toys, man. I... I lusted after him in the fucking J.C. Penny Christmas wish book. You know what I mean? Like, boy, howdy, did I look at those toys? Um, yeah, and and the thing I like is with having is like the thing that always kind of bummed me out about the arcade games is they didn't end up using a lot of the really cool character designs and stuff because there's definitely not as many levels in, say, Turtles in Time as there is in this game. So they were really able to reach in and use some really cool characters. Like, for instance, you fight the, um, this one guy who summons Toka and Razor from Ninja Turtles 2. Boy, howdy, do I love a Toka and Razor reference. It was so cool. <laughs> um, and, like, Chrome Dome is in there, Slash. Um, what's the alligator's name? You know... Oh, I can't think of his name, Leatherback? but they've got the something like that. Yeah. They've got the standbys, the good old standbys, yeah. Bebop, Rocksteady, you and know. And you're gonna fight gonna them a couple there. times. Mm -hmm. A couple times. Shredder a couple times. Mm -hmm. Um who else? Oh you're Krang, you're basically following Krang around the whole game. That's one of the threads that kind of leads through the level. Yep. Levels is that you're following around what's happening with Krang's head. Well, so it, it seems like they nice are meme for us the whole game. Yeah, it was a <laughs> spicy meme. A meme left best unspoken. Um <laughs> it just looks like somebody we know is all. Um yeah. so it seems like the story is that the foot are trying to reassemble Krang's android body, right? Like so like you're chasing them as they're running around with the head and then later you see like you know the torso and the legs and you know obviously eventually it all gets put in together and you get to fight somebody that looks like a real asshole <laughs> um <clears throat> otherwise um i don't really i mean it, it, it and this is very true for most beat-em-ups i don't really know what the story is otherwise it doesn't need to have much of a story you know the right. important yeah the bad are, guys Mm -hmm. Bad guys are trying to do something bad, and the Ninja Turtles are trying to stop them. Right. That's all I need to know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and uh, the music is really good. Like, the thing, the whole thing kicks off with sort of um, a recreation of the, the cartoon opening credits with the theme song and stuff. Um, oh, you know, another mechanic that we didn't talk about that 
honestly, we didn't end up using that much. We did for a little while there, but was the whole high five mechanic. So when you're, when you're playing, you can high five another player to give them some of your health. So if your buddy is low on health, you can high five them and transfer a couple of points of your health to theirs. It, it's not exactly the most fluid mechanic. It confused us several times where like only one person has to initiate the high five and they're the person who gives the health to the other person. So you do it by right. like hitting left bumper, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if both of you hit left bumper, nothing happens but the um, the high five animation. And that took us a second to figure out. Um, yeah. All... And I'm glad you brought the music up, though, because there really was some pretty standout tracks in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if There was some like fully fledged songs yep. that they wrote for them. Um, one of the levels where you're on the the hoverboards above the above the buildings and you see the blimp in the background yep. there's a song in that that part that's really good um i want to say like ghostface killer did a track for for the game too Mike Patton uh, did and as that well. was pretty kick-ass nice yeah there's there's some good stuff in the soundtrack for sure yeah Pay attention. <clears throat> so um speaking um to go back to the issue or not the issue the the subject of animations like this game is charming as fuck, right? Like, and a lot of that comes from the animations. So we were talking about the taunts earlier and each individual character has their own unique taunt. Like Raphael just puts his hands on his hips and laughs like, ha ha ha. Um, Donatello starts playing on a little game boy. Um, game boy. Um, uh leonardo does like a zen meditation michelangelo breaks it down like a break dancer they're really fucking cool and like yeah like leonardo's when he does his he goes deep breaths and mm-hmm. because we were constantly doing taunts to fill our super meters i mm-hmm. just kept hearing nick go deep breaths over yep. and over yep. again yep. throughout the level it was all <laughs> um and you know the the boss fights i felt were really good there are a couple that i I felt were sort of weak and then some that like were hard but i'm not holding that against them right like that it's not that they were you know had any design flaw in them they were just hard levels um i do think the chrome dome boss fight is pretty weak because there's a mechanic in it right where he go like the camera changes and now you are looking at the turtles through first person mode like you're looking through Chrome Dome's eyes. And he's doing these like rock'em sock'em robot punches that do a ton of damage and there's foot guys coming out. And you can't injure him during this phase. And there is no sort of hint that what you have to do is grab one of the foot guys and then throw him at the screen to break um chrome dome out of that mode and then you can start damaging him right they could have done something i'm not saying you know there needed to be a giant pop-up window with an explanation but they could have done something to convey that visually because that was maybe one of the only times i got frustrated with the game and it was just a matter of not being able to figure it out right Right. Yeah, I think Nick was the one who had the idea of like, mm-hmm. hey, let's throw him at the screen, and right away that was it. Yeah, yeah. and as soon as we figured it out, he was done. Like, mm-hmm. 
the hilarious thing is there were several boss fights where like I felt bad for the boss afterwards because we would all just be fully supered up, have a couple of super bars and just coordinating uh, super attacks and stuff, right? And then later yeah. in the game when you unlock your third super bar and you can go into radical mode, which basically doubles all your damage. My goodness. <laughs> my my goodness, things got nasty there. Yeah. The, <laughs> some of the bosses, there was, I think it was Leatherback or whatever his name is, the one that was doing the whack-a-mole thing. Yep. Uh, he, he There was like six sewer entrances on the level and he would just jump down into it and pop out of one of them and do an attack real quick and then jump back down. We eventually were like, all right, man, we had like, all of us had our supers built up and you, you were like, next time he pops out, it's over. He's not going. I said, I said, I said, he's not getting in one of those holes again. When he comes out, he's done. And boy, was he, there were four turtles on his ass, boy. Um, hit the, hit the super button, man. Let Turn me it into this. tornadoes. Did you notice that, um, sort of a repeating mechanic with the boss fights there were several bosses that did this which is where they go into a phase where they're invincible and then waves of something come out that you have to like time your jumps around like i think the first time it happens is when you're fighting the rat king and he starts sending out the different waves of rats and different patterns that you have to jump around and then right. like um i know other people did it too for sure super shredder does it the the last boss fight um and there's a couple of others so like i did notice that they went back to that mechanic a couple of times which is fine i don't hold it yeah, against it's them. a tri it's a tried and true mechanic for the those games yeah absolutely absolutely um did you have a favorite boss fight out of it um it's tough to say favorite mm -hmm. i think that the one we talked about the whack-a-mole was a good one because yeah. of how memorable it was at the end mm -hmm. You know, but uh, I also enjoy uh, enjoyed the Super Shredder fight at the end. Yeah, you know he's always he's always cool to look at. Man, I I know you want to talk about someone who was excited for something. So your boy Hall's going into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two: The Secret of the Ooze knew that Super Shredder was going to be a thing because he saw the toy, right? And I was like, oh, I can't wait to see that. So for this whole fucking movie, my dude. I'm just like, any minute now, he's going to turn into Super Shredder. Oh, any minute. And then he does at the very end of the movie for like 10 seconds, and then he gets killed. So <laughs> I, I find I feel yep. like I got some retribution on uh, Shru Super Shredder's ass at the end of this game. Um, uh, I thought, so, the okay, we should talk about it. The collectible element in the episodes. There are several different collections. There's like, Missing newspapers, uh, weird bugs, crystals, VHS tapes. and VHS tapes. <sighs> and mm -hmm. I think we we finished two of those collections. I don't know, man. What the hell is the deal with those collections? Like, it's cool. I get it. But I, I was expecting, like, better rewards. At least an achievement, bro. Pop a rare yeah, achievement with the special sound and stuff. <laughs> yeah i think it was just just to kind of give you something extra to do during mm -hmm. the the campaign mode right uh for extra experience because like i i didn't make it all the way to 
max level. Me neither. I only got to level through it. Right. I think they kind of want you to play through it a couple of times because it captures your progression with yeah the characters and stuff. So, um, um, so I guess that you know there's a reason for them that we didn't get them all either. You mm -hmm. know, we uh, we were we, there were kind of some areas where we were just a little too into the fighting, I guess. But not that any of them are that difficult. You no. just have to look for stuff at the level to actually destroy, and that's usually where they're hiding. It's yeah, like genius. All you got to do is be like, oh, I bet you we can break that thing, and then you go break it, and you're like, oh, check it out. It's a weird bug or whatever the fuck it is. Right? Yeah. Um, another thing that happened is like there's cameo characters, right? Like, and one of them are the the punk frogs, the four punk frogs. And every time we'd find one, Nick would go, "Oh, check it out! It's a battle toad." And I go, "No, nah, that's not battle toad. Battle toads are a Ninja Turtles ripoff. They're not part of the Ninja Turtles universe." And he'd be like, "Oh, okay." Two levels later, we find another one of these frogs. He's like, "It's a second battle toad." <laughs> <laughs> and these motherfuckers show up. Wearing shorty shorts, they got Hawaiian shirts on that are open, medieval weaponry, and they don't lend a single hand to you in the fight. Yeah, what? yeah, you'll be unlocking these NPCs and they'll just be standing around holding weapons, mm -hmm. but watching you kick everybody else's ass. Yeah, like a medieval morning star they're holding, and there's a hundred foot on the screen. And these turtles are fighting for their fucking life, and these frogs are just standing there watching. <laughs> Man. Um, I did like the overworld view, like the level selection view that's where you're driving around in the turtle van. The main reason I like it is because it reminded me of those sections from the original Nintendo game. And like, those sections, you got to do some stuff before you get to those. So anytime I would be managed to get to the point where you could start driving the uh, turtle van around to different locations, I was like, oh, I'm making some progress. I'm going to beat it this time. Nope. Nope. <laughs> but yeah. Um, <clears throat> what? So, you know, the at a certain point, you end up going through like the busted ass uh, Technodrome. You fight... Krang, then you fight Shredder, then you fight Krang in the Statue of Liberty Ghostbusters 2 style, and then you That's fight up right. uh you fight Super Shredder. What do you think about sort of the end game, like final few levels, Technodrome, boss fights type of deal? I thought it was fine. I mean, I think it did a good job. The the Statue of Liberty level itself was um pretty epic. And you know, I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't find any, so through the whole game and granted we were playing four to five player co-op for the whole thing, right? The least right. we ever had was four. The most we had was five. Uh, the only two times I remember a boss giving us real problems were the Chrome dome fight only until we figured out the mechanic. And then the very last fight, super shredder gave us a bit of a hard time at first, but once we yeah, figured we him out, a few times. yeah. Yeah, um, you had to... and when we say res, I mean like pick each other off the ground. There was, you had some lives in in reserve in case nobody was able to res you. You would you would mm -hmm. come back, but nobody ever ran out of lives no. through the game. I don't think that was ever a, in any danger. I feel like maybe I used one or two of my lives through the whole thing, and I bet you that's pretty much average for everybody else as well. I don't really remember anybody dying dying more than a couple of times. We were playing on. 
essentially normal mode. There is a harder mode and an easier mode. So we're playing like the middle tier. Um, right. Man, I fucking really dug this game. Like, anytime someone is like, hey, do you want to do a playthrough of Shredder's Revenge? I'll be down. I got other characters to level. I want to play around with Casey Jones. I could get my my man Raph up to level 10. Some people think they're Raphael, and they're really fucking Krang's android body. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man, it was a really fun game. It was a nice little kind of nostalgia trip for me. Uh, I love the beat-em-up genre, but mm-hmm. I haven't played a lot of it lately. You know, that's kind of a more of an older older thing, and <clears throat> it's just nice to see it kind of coming back. Not really mm-hmm. coming back, but it's just a fun little nostalgia trip. Like you were to say, if we were to play Streets of Rage 4 yeah. or something, Scott Pilgrim or whatever, you know, those games yeah. are, are fun to play through now, and especially when you can get all your friends there. This game had lovely crossplay and it worked great. Yeah, we did. We only had one issue, and I think it was more related to your inter- internet connection that one weekend yeah. than the game itself, where we would load into a level and Steve would load in, but he couldn't, there was nothing on the level. It was just a blank level. He couldn't see us. He couldn't see enemies. He couldn't see himself. All we ended up having to do was back out and then reload the level, and it worked every time. But that was the the only slight issue we came uh, across. And like I said, that could have very well just been your internet connection that weekend, you know? Yeah, it could have been. You know, I had some slow internet going. <sighs> so are you ready for your old pal Halls to make a bold prediction? A bold prediction, my dude. Ooh, let's hear it. Okay. So, you know, I've seen a lot of, you know, we're over halfway through the year now, and and game of the year discussions are starting to come up. You know what I mean? People are starting to toss around like, oh, what do you think game of the year is going to be? And, you know, peace and love to any other game released. The front runner in most people's eyes seems to be Elden Ring. That's what I would say, you know. Um, I think, and, and you'll notice that, over the last few years, instead of the Game of the Year nominations being all AAA high-budget games that are are up for nomination, you'll see them sneak an indie in there. And it's always oh, yeah. really well-deserved. Like, was it last year or the year before that Hades was like the indie that was in contention for Game of the Year? Yeah, I think that was last year. My prediction is that this year, Shredder's Revenge will be that game. Shredder's Revenge will be the smaller, more indie game that gets nominated for Game of the Year. And you will see it on the list with, I'm telling you right now, this will be the list. This is the list, Steve. You ready? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. The list this year is going to be Elden Ring, Horizon Zero Dawn, Shredder's Revenge, possibly God of War Ragnarok, depending on if people, because that's one of those late in the year releases, right? And... Since, once again, Halo was a late release last year, I think you'll see it pop up on some people's Game of the Year nominations because there's kind of always a first-person shooter. Like, you know, the year that the two newest Doom games came out, those showed up on the Game of the Year nominations list and stuff. I think that'll be, like, the five. And, like, peace and love to Halo, to Horizon Forbidden West, which I hear is fucking incredible. Peace and love to Shredder's Revenge. To me, the the race is probably going to be between Elden Ring and God of War. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> it's it. God of War is coming out late in the year, so yeah. we'll see. It's going to have to wow. Yeah, quickly. 
Um, I also think that there's going to be. I personally would put Sifu ahead of Ooh, Shredder's Revenge yep. as far as like the indie title that I'm in, into this for game of the year. But I think the mass appeal that Ninja Turtles has is not to be underestimated. And it would be a worthy, uh, worthy contender to be in talks for that, too. I'm not Man, trying to take anything away from it. You have a good point with Sifu. You have a wonderful fucking point with Sifu. I could see that being on there as well. I didn't consider that. Man. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> Let me tell you what. Peace and love to this game I'm about to tell you about real quick before we go. <laughs> but, you know, your boy got essentially three jobs, right? He's working a lot, seven days a week. He's got a little funny money. So, you know, I've been checking out some games. Like, not just Game Pass games. Maybe purchasing a little fucking, uh, some games here and there. It's on like a impulse purchase. I'm filling the hole! Um, so... <laughs> Uh, I, I got two games like I've loved I've loved playing a lot of games that we're playing right now you know some of them for the podcast and stuff but nothing's really gotten its teeth in me like Elden Ring I have a feeling that if I got um, whenever I pick up Horizon that that will you know that'll be one that really gets me um, but I've been kind of bouncing around right you know, I've been playing some cyberpunk. I've been playing some gears. I've been playing some lots of halo fall guys, just bouncing around all over the place. Um, but I had the Elden ring bug. So games of that nature have been jumping out to me and I I've gotten two over the past couple uh -oh. of weeks. Okay. I got, um, final F strangers and Strangers in Paradise Final Fantasy Origins, I believe is the the correct title of that game. Yes, I think it is. I think you're correct. I talked all this shit with you over the last couple of months. Like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to play that. But, you know, Elden Ring comes first and I'm going to wait for it to go on sale. Buddy, it wasn't on sale for a damn cent. And I got it right. <laughs> I think a better name for that game would be Edgelords in Paradise, Final Fantasy Edgelords, Edgelord. Because it is a pretty fucking edgelordy game. I'm going to see it through. It's fun enough, and, I, and I'm sure, you know, uh, it'll suck me in eventually. But boy, howdy, is it weird. Like, it's set in, like, your classic Final Fantasy fantasy universe, right? It's like a prequel to the very first game. Your main characters look like they just came off of an Old Navy commercial. I'm talking wearing black t-shirts and jeans and dropping fucking curse words all over the place. It is so, it is, it doesn't fit. You know what I mean? Like, Arr, yeah. really early on in the game, like one of the first cutscenes is your group of heroes going to meet with the king who is in full royal regalia surrounded by like stained glass windows sitting on a golden throne and your dudes look like they just got back from seeing Godsmack. like <laughs> i don't get it i don't get it the tone is weird the gameplay is fun enough you know it's it's what i assume is more of like a neo take on the souls fran uh genre since that's who made this game as the same team behind neo team ninja yeah also, it seems a little low budge. I'm not going to lie. Seems a little low budget. Game's not a looker. You're not going to be playing this next to like Final Fantasy VII Remake or Final Fantasy XVI and think that this is a comparable game. Doesn't look great. The other one is Hellpoint. Now, that game I did get on sale. 
browsing through the sales on Xbox. I see this game and I'm like, oh shit. Is this like a sci-fi horror Souls game that's like on deep discount? I'm going to buy it. I tried it yesterday. How was it? Mm. 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 A little low budge. A little low budge. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say like... I could see it being good, and, and it's one of those things where it's definitely going to take some getting used to because, you know, obviously they don't just straight up copy the Souls formula. They have their own little wrinkles that they throw into there. But it looks kind of like an Xbox 360 game and plays kind of like an original Xbox game. I don't know how to put it, buddy. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to getting more into it, but, you know, I don't foresee it sucking me in like Demon Souls or... uh. Elden Ring. Same with uh, Final Fantasy Strangers in Paradise or whatever that fucking game is called. <laughs> Edgelords in Paradise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you, you nailed it there. Yeah, it's tough, man. Uh, you know, I've got another character going in Elden Ring right yep. now just because I can't get enough, but I also uh, <laughs> have been doing some stuff for the podcast too, and I've put some stuff on the hard drive that I'm potentially considering a run-through of, one of which is bioshock so yeah, we're gonna do that if you're in, I think we're possibly gonna do an episode about that coming up i think a, you know a little while you know eventually this fourth fucking supposed bioshock game will come out i would like to for us to have done an episode on all three of the other ones before the new one comes out because i would like to sure. replay all three of them um and they all come in Me that too. remastered pack i've anyway. talked I talked shit about Infinite on the podcast, so I kind of feel like I owe it another look anyway. With maybe I'll eyes. change my mind on it. Yeah. You can maybe realize, realize, realize. <laughs> shit. Fuck. What the fuck, man? What the fuck? Um, so, yeah. Um, oh, before we go, Amazing. tell that story you told me about going out uh drinking with our buddy brad and a friend of his and an, another couple or something the elden ring story yeah so we were at uh we met him out for some tacos and margaritas at this spot Sheesh. down the street and there was another another couple there with them and we were chatting and found out that uh the guy was also a gamer and he was playing elden ring and and we just immediately started vibing and talking about it and Brad's sitting in the middle of us, and I'm just like leaning across, like, "Oh, so what kind of build are you?" And he goes, "Oh, I'm running a Dex and intelligence build. What about you?" I'm, "Oh, strength, faith, you know." And Brad is like looking at us, like we all of a sudden just started speaking Egyptian, uh -huh, uh -huh. and it just was like lost on an island and had no idea what to do. <laughs> he looked helpless. That's so. Funny. Brad's not a gamer, <laughs> right? But man, he uh, you let play him play FIFA. Let him hook up that 64 and put that Mario Kart 64 oh, cartridge in there. You're going to get doo-doo right. yeah. stomped. Yeah, or an NBA jam on the Sega Genesis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, I would put my – man, you you put Vladi Divac in these Dick Skinner hands. <laughs> man, you watch me drain threes from that top corner. You watch it man. happen. If it was Super Nintendo, I might could have hung with him in, in that, but he stomped the shit out of me on Genesis. Nice. I can – embarrassing all right buddy well i think that uh i think we could be done for tonight go play shredder's oh, revenge it's really good get some friends together play shredder's revenge hang out talk shit it's such a good time it is such a good yeah time. 
worth the two hours it'll take you you guys to play. And if you're on Xbox, it's it's on freaking Game Pass. And yep, it's a small download. That. It's not like a huge fucking. When we went to download Gears of War four, and it was like, you need ninety five gigs free, my dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So guys, listen. Yeah, and if you've got a if you got a friend group, and it normally on weekends, you know, you do what you play Halo, you play Call of Duty. Maybe one weekend, one night before you guys go fucking pop skulls, just take a two-hour break, and you'd be surprised what how You'll refreshing have, it can be. You're gonna have fun. That's that's the Blue Harvest gear. Uh, high po- Which one are we on? Which podcast are we on, Steve? That's the High Potion Guarantee. <laughs> and I uh, guarantee you guys. I guarantee you guys, if you would go and leave us some goddamn reviews, we'll give away a gift card, right? Because we do it every 20 reviews. So please go leave us a fucking review on iTunes. Please fucking follow Steve on Twitter at Stone Cobra. Follow me at Blue Harvest Pod. Follow this podcast at High Potion Pod. Email us. Please make an episode easy on us. We need some emails, please, for the love of Christ. Fuck me, I guess. Why can't anything ever be easy? Highpotionpod at gmail.com. Love you guys. I feel like I exercise from demons that came up in me today. Shoo, I feel like that was pretty impressive. I feel like I'm fucking walking on sunshine. We'll see you guys next week. We love you. Bye. May the force be with us.